these 16 names, the entire Vedic scriptures are contained. Genuine pure devotional substance in the kirtan in order for the kirtan to actually be successful. Remember. Not considering whether one is proper or improper recipient, he gives his treasure to anyone and everyone. Radhe Radhe, welcome to episode number 13 of the 24-hour Kirtan podcast, recorded on May the 31st, 2015. Yesterday we had our sweet monthly 8-hour Kirtan festival in New Jaganapuri Dam in Zurich, Switzerland, without one of our favorite Kirtaniyas, Ananda Chaitanya, who traveled to New Yoga Pit in Slovenia for their big yearly Holy Name Festival. The Holy Name Festival in Ljubljana started three days ago on Friday, May the 28th and will continue until tomorrow, the 1st of June. It can be watched live on Mayapur TV. The Adivas ceremony already took place on Thursday, the 27th. Adivas literally means to live in. So in the context of Kirtan festival or Kirtan Yagya, it is a ceremony to invoke the presence of Radha and Krishna in their holy names. Nama Chintamani Krishnas Chaitanya Rasa Vigraha Purana Shudonityamukto Binatva Nama Namino. The holy name of Krishna is transcendentally blissful. 
It bestows all spiritual benedictions, for it is Krishna Himself, the reservoir of all pleasure. Krishna's name is complete, and it is the form of all transcendental mellows. It is not a material name under any condition, and it is no less powerful than Krishna Himself. Since Krishna's name is not contaminated by the material qualities, there is no question of its being involved with Maya. Krishna's name is always liberated and spiritual. It is never conditioned by the laws of material nature. This is because the name of Krishna and Krishna Himself are identical. Here's a quick overview of this episode. First, Kirtan events in June. Second, new recordings by Radha Kripa Prabhu from Krishna Balaram Mandir in April and May 2015. Third, interview with Sandesh Dasi from Switzerland about Aindra Prabhu. Fourth, Kirtan with Panchajanya Prabhu recorded at Krishna Balaram Mandir on May the 11th, 2015. In the background, you're listening to Kirtan led by Sachi Suta Prabhu at New Vrindavan 24-hour Kirtan Festival in 2014. June the 20th and 21st, 2015, the summer edition of the 24-hour Kirtan Festival in Yubrindavan will celebrate its 10th anniversary. Here's some background information about the festival written by Madhava Smalan before last year's event. Today, 24- and 12-hour Kirtan festivals seem to be spreading all over the world like wildfire. Devotees are gathering to immerse themselves in the Holy Name every year with events like Kirtan Mela in Mayapur, Germany and Australia, 24-hour Kirtan Birmingham in the UK, Shravanam Kirtanam in Italy, Radhadesh Mellows in Belgium and Festival of the Holy Name in Alachua in the US. The globe is reverberating with the sound of Radha's and Krishna's name. But back when the new Brindavan 24-hour Kirtan began in the hills of West Virginia, it was one of only a small handful of early trendsetters. The event began live in the Bhajan Kutir that was introduced at the first Kuli Mela at New Brindavan in 2006, a gathering of the second generation Hare Krishna community. There, Kulis chanted Kirtan in the Yagashal, an outdoor covered space outside the temple, every day. Inspired by the endless 24-hour kirtan in Vrindavan, in India, led by Sripad Aindra Prabhu, the kirtan went on for 24 hours straight on the last two days of the Mela. 
Excited by the possibilities, organizers inaugurated the new Rindavan 24-hour Kirtan the very next year on the same June weekend. That first year saw a simple grassroots event with little promotion, basic kitchen meals and just 100 people coming together to chant. But more were attracted by the purity of the event and it continued to grow every year. Currently, it draws crowds of six to 800, and while these are primarily ISKCON devotees, a growing percentage of attendees are newcomers introduced through new Brindavan's Festival of Colors and Kirtan performances at yoga studios and the like. I think they find it accessible because it's so simple and stripped down. Just 24 hours of non-stop Mahamantra, says Goramani, who is also one of the event's organizers. Lead chanters and musicians will gather with their harmoniums, mridanga drums, cymbals and bass guitars in the center of the temple room beneath the intricate moldings and curved stained glass ceiling. Surrounding them will be waves upon waves of chanters and beyond them Shri Shri Radha Vrindavan Chandra, Shri Shri Gornitai, Shri Gopal Nataji, Lord Nishingadev and the rest of New Vrindavan's no less than 24 merciful presiding deities. In addition, many chanters will bring their own home deities, while banners inscribed with the Mahamantra and pictures of Lord Krishna's pastimes will fly everywhere, creating an inspirational, uplifting atmosphere. Devotees will begin by setting an intention to immerse themselves in the Holy Name with a Sankalpa ceremony before easing into the Mahamantra, the culmination of all ceremonies. A host of experienced chanters known for their heartfelt devotion will lead, including Bhakti Charuswami, Agnidev, Achyuta, Ananta and Gauravani. But many of these well-known chanters will take late-night slots in order to facilitate younger chanters and the less renowned at more peak hours to emphasize the holy names over big names. At the 24-hour kirtan, the holy name is the star, says Goravani. And boy, is it. While other kirtan festivals are split into two days of 12 hours each, with a full night's sleep in between, New Vrindavan's 24-hour kirtan is one of the few with 24 non-stop hours of Maha Mantra. The kirtan leads itself, says Goravani, describing a tidal flow of quiet meditation and rip-roaring rock out. One moment, devotees are sitting cross-legged with their eyes closed, swaying gently like a field of wheat in the breeze and calling out to the Lord with feeling. The next, they're exploding into a raucous dance party, roaring, pounding drums, jumping and pinwheeling across the temple room floor. While there are breaks for prasadam, three meals are served every day and sleep the devotees are there for one thing. Many log 18 to 20 hours, some even going non-stop for the full 24, and some can be seen taking 20 minutes of shut eye against the temple room wall, still letting the holy name sift into their subconscious. It's punk rock, man, Goravani says gleefully. And we've worked hard to keep it that way. This is a trial by fire, intense, to chew your heart with the holy name kind of event. And the effects are undeniable. From the beginning of the festival to the end, 
you can feel a tangible shift in your consciousness, says Gauravani, adding that the 24-hour kirtan brings a sense of community to the devotees usually spread out across the nation. Meanwhile, newcomers also experience the same transformational energy, feeling their hearts become more and more attracted to the devotee lifestyle and association with every 24-hour kirtan they attend. To provide even more chances to associate with the holy name, New Vrindavan has added a Kartik 24-hour kirtan held in October, which will bring an extra dimension of atmosphere and devotion as attendees offer candles to Lord Damodar during the chanting. In the future, Gauravani hopes to see the event continue to expand to other locations. Beyond that, he hopes the 24-hour kirtan experience will inspire people to take kirtan to the next level by bringing it onto the streets in multi-hour public Harinam festivals. We can't overemphasize the importance of chanting God's names in any tradition for the well-being of mankind, he says. And the 24-hour kirtan is one of the major ways to contribute to that. For more information about the 24-hour kirtan festival, please go to newvrindavan.com. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. We are very grateful that Radha Kripa Prabhu sent us another two DVDs with almost 9 gigabyte of high quality recordings at Krishna Balaram Mandir from April and May 2015. That's 242 new kirtans which will be added to our playlist as soon as possible. All new kirtans from Krishna Balaram Mandir will be available as free downloads from 24hourkirtan.com. In addition, members of 24 Hour Kirtan Radio can download the recordings from 24hourkirtan.fm's member download section in convenient zip archives using our superfast Google Cloud Storage. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama Rama Hare Hare If you don't have the chance to go to Sri Vandam yourself anytime soon, you should listen to these kirtans loudly and attentively, because you can literally feel the special atmosphere of the Holy Dhamma. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. 
On April the 6th, 2015, I spoke to my Kirtan sister Sandesh Devi from Switzerland in her home at Radharaman Temple in Vrindavan. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and um, when you came to Rindavan for the first time. Alright, uh, my name is Sandesh. I'm, I was born in Switzerland, and uh, I came to Krishna Consciousness in 2001. And then two years later, in 2003, I was very fortunate to come to Vrindavan for the first time. And I came in the month of April, and I stayed for the whole month. It was extremely hot. And I remember how I went to the temple, Krishna Balaram temple every day, and I would just take darshan of the deities. And on one day... Um, it was an Ekadashi day, I don't remember which day exactly, if it was the Ekadashi after Ram Navami. Um, I just remember taking darshan of Krishna Balaram and behind me I heard like a roaring kirtan and I was jumping up and down. It was very ecstatic, it was very ecstatic. And then I just turned my head and I looked, who is singing? I want to know who is singing. And then I saw Ainda Prabhu for the first time, how he was leading kirtan on that day. That was in 2003? That was in 2003. That was my first experience. And mm. I knew that Ainda um, Prabhu was the devotee who was recording all these wonderful albums, Vrindavan and Mellows. And I was listening to these uh, kirtans before. But then when I came to the temple, initially I didn't have much of an interest to connect with him. Mm-hmm. But then on that day... Uh, I just thought it was a very amazing kirtan and then uh, there was another devotee um, who wanted to talk to him and, and uh, she told me, look, this is Aina Prabhu and uh, he's doing kirtan every day and he's the one who recorded these uh, albums. So uh, so that's the first time I really noticed him mm-hmm. as a person. So in 2003, when was his uh, kirtan um, time? Was he doing... In the morning, in the afternoon, or yeah, I heard he was doing in the morning in this period, but I don't even remember like was it morning or afternoon time. But I was thinking 2003, maybe he already started doing kirtan in the afternoon. Okay. Not quite sure. Because at one point his voice yeah. was so much broken that exactly. he couldn't sing yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And he would only sing for 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think in 2003 everything was still okay. Yeah. And he yeah. was doing probably also in, one in or the two hour shifts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so in 2003 you saw him for the first time in Vrindavan. Yeah. And how long did you stay? That time? that time? Oh, I only stayed for one month. Uh, yeah, it was my first time. And then, like, for some reason, like, for a couple of years, I didn't come back to Vrindavan uh, because I felt a lot of attraction towards Mayapur. So I was spending more time in Mayapur. And then I, it's, it was only in 2006 when I came back to Vrindavan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then was there a time when you like decided to do kirtan as a sadhana 
or was the kirtan only like an addition to your seva you were already doing in the dam? Actually, um, Aina Prabhu inspired me a lot to do kirtan as a sadhana. Like, it was in 2007 when, when I met him in Mayapur, very close up, and he was there for a week, and I was attending all his kirtans. And then <laughs> after that, I went to South India, and just before that, uh, there was a little VIHE stall in Mayapur, and they were selling his old kirtans, very, very old kirtan tapes, you know, on a CD. So I got that uh, CD, and I was continuously listening to that CD when I went to South India. Mm-hmm. And I decided, look, I will just go back to Vrindavan, and I will join the 24-hour kirtan, and I will just uh, sit there, and I do as much kirtan as possible, as a sadhana. So uh, listening to the, these old tapes really inspired me so much. I felt like, wow, I, I can really feel the determination and the purity from these recordings. Because you can hear in these old recordings, it, it was very tough, you know. I mean, there was a lot of background noise and just a couple of people. And then the cartels were offbeat. And then, you know, he was shouting at someone. And, you know, like really, I mean, you could really feel like this is a lot of work. It's actually a sadhana. And uh, it takes a lot of determination. But it's exactly the right thing to do, especially in this age. So um, at that point, I also started listening to Aina Prabhu's lectures. And they really determined me like to take shelter of Harina more and more. So there were already recordings of the lectures also? Yeah, at that time, yes. Some temple lectures. He, he gave a couple of lectures in 2001 at the temple. So these lectures were like circulating. Okay. Hmm. Mm. But at that time there was not much online. I remember I was on my South Indian Yatra and I went to an internet shop and I was trying to do some research online about Aina Prabhu and I could only find like a sw- one small MySpace uh, page, you know, <laughs> someone made and it was, you know, there was hardly anything uh, to, f- to find about him. Um, but mm. at the same time, I felt very much attracted. So I thought, okay, if I don't find anything online or anything, you know, I just have to go there and I just have to take shelter of him. Mm. So you decided you would go there? Yeah. <clears throat> and when did you actually go there? In I, 2007? Or? 2007, May, I arrived. Okay. After my South Indian yatra was complete, I, I came to Vrindavan mm. in May 2007. But... Uh, you were still working in Switzerland most of the time, I assume, and then we were going back and forth? No, at that time I came for a year because I just uh, completed my bachelor in 2006. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I want to go for one year to India. Oh, okay. So then I spent um, May, the whole summer I spent here, May, June, July, August, September, like six months I was here mm-hmm. in 2007. And Purushottam month was also there in this period. So it was extremely powerful to chant with Aina Prabhu during Purushottam month. It gave me a lot of faith. So you went to the Kirtan every day? Every day, every day. Every day I was there. Very nice. Yeah. And you've, you've uh, been with Aina in both Mayapur and Vrindavan. Hmm. Was there a difference in the mood when he was chanting in Mayapur? <laughs> and in Vrindavan, or was it just all the same? I mean, it was just special because um, 
the hall was very huge, and there were loads of devotees who, um, in my know, yeah, in, uh, yeah, who accumulated around the Ayana Prabhu. Mm. So I mean, that scenario is already was already there in Vrindavan that he he's sitting in the center and devotees, you know, sitting around him. But in Mayapur, it was just in a much bigger style, you know. <laughs> more space. But like, he has so much more space in front of the Panchatattva, you know, and I mean. One time I asked Ayana Prabhu, what do you actually meditate about, you know, when you sing this tune, when you sing that tune, what is your meditation? And he said, you know, it's not that I, when I sing this tune, I have this meditation, and when I sing that tune, I have that meditation. He said, like, you know, my meditation is always that I'm really, really fallen. I'm really, really fallen. I'm really petite. And with that attitude, I'm chanting. So his absorption was the same, you know, wherever he was, wherever he was chanting, even when he was invited to someone's house, it was just always like he went into that space of total absorption uh, with Harinam. And that space, you know, when you would sit close to him, you could enter that space. And it was like, you know, it was like going on a flying carpet, you know, to the spiritual mm-hmm. world. It was like... It, that was, it was very incredible, you know. He, the aura, the aura he was building up around him when he was chanting, because of his purity and his absorption, it was just taking off everyone. You know, it was just very, very amazing. Yeah. And of course, in Mayapur, like in a very big style, you know, like everyone was just taking off. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I remember I haven't been in many kirtans with Ayanar Prabhu, only maybe two or three actually. But I remember that when I was there, um, in the end of the 90s, that we, we all, there was actually a carpet in the temple room, and we were sitting on that carpet with him, all the Swiss Sankirtan devotees, okay. and he was doing Kirtan, and I had exactly this feeling, we're on a flying carpet. It was completely different. Yeah. And one thing also which I really liked that he would even chastise, um, he would chastise you individually when he thought that you are like spaced out or like, you know, you're not actually really focusing. Then he would like uh, look at you or shout at you even within, like, in, in the kirtan, you know. Like he, he wanted to have everyone's attention because, you know, it's not just about getting together and jamming and making music it's like it's like it's a matter of concentration also a matter of absorption so when he felt that someone's spaced out or you know someone is not really focusing then he would yell or he would even throw the instruments i've seen like he would throw some, something at someone just to to get someone's attention you know back to the holy name like he really wanted that everyone who is sitting in that space in that uh, you know circle around him would be totally absorbed yeah. There's some recordings where you can hear him shout, Chant mm. Hare Krishna, I will kill you. <laughs> and he was laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that famous recording where he's uh, calling the temple person Damodar. Damodar Prabhu, why don't you come over and join the Kirtan party? You know, you can hear like how he's. He really wanted to have everyone's attention, everyone's participation, full heart participation. So I assume in Mayapur it was more easy to, as a as a woman also, to to get uh, the association of Ayanra Prabhu. What was it in Vrindavan? Because his his room is in the Brahmachari ashram. Mm. So how was it possible for 
for Mataji to to have association but with actually, actually Mayapur he was uh, a lot with the Grihastas and the family uh, you know who was hosting him or like with the people who were hosting him so it was not so much easy to have his association in Mayapur I felt but in Vrindavan it's like a small kind of a setting so more personal and um, you know there was like on like the setting was such he would sit down and the first circle around him which is like male devotees I mean souls in a male body and then the second row towards his right uh, were already ladies sitting mm -hmm. so uh, the ladies had the chance to sit in the prox proximity of about one meter next to him so we, we could actually sit closer to him in Vrindavan than in Mayapur mm -hmm. and actually it was really a blessing to be allowed to sit so close because I mean, his aura was amazing, first of all, you know, like when he did Kirtan, his absorption, you know, sitting in that aura was extremely uh, amazing and purifying. But then also you could actually see um, some bodily changes when he did Kirtan. Like one time I, I, I saw that his hair, you know, his body hair was standing on end. And one time I saw like saliva was dropping from his mouth. You know, he was so absorbed. He didn't notice that, you know, actually saliva was running from his, you know, from the corner of his lips. You know, he was just staring at the deities and singing the holy name and it just, you know, saliva dropped down. And then he, like, he noticed that, you know, this happened and quickly he tried to conceal it, you know. But he was so absorbed, you know, he was so absorbed. And the closer we were allowed to sit, the more we would, like, see actually how, you know, how he would uh, be absorbed in the holy name. So it was, and then uh, there was always a time, I mean, he came out in the evening for the evening kirtan for half an hour, 20 minutes, half an hour. And then after the kirtan, he would walk back to the Brahmachari Ashram. And, and that time, there was a chance to stop in on the way and ask him questions. Also, one thing I did, I was writing him letters, whatever questions I had, I wrote to him, or whatever I wanted to share with him, I wrote to him and I gave him the letter. And he would read the letter, and the next day, or like a couple of days later, he would come up to me and say, or even, you know, during Darshan time in the evening during Gora Arti, he would just come up to me and give me an answer, or like talk to me shortly. So there was a way to communicate with him. And, and anyhow, he was very absorbed with his Shalagram um, Puja and the writing of his book, and reading and chanting his Chapa also. So... There was anyhow not so much time he was sharing uh, publicly, you know. I mean, of course, some devotees went up to his room and they were staying up till late at night. But um, yeah, I felt like uh, I I got a good chance to associate with Anupur, in spite of being in a female body. Have you been to the um, forty-year? Um, anniversary festival? Yeah. Krishna Bharam? Yes, there? yes, I've been there. I heard that it will be, or it was the first time that also female devotees would lead Kirtan there? Yeah. So did you see that happen? Actually, they called me. It was really funny. I was in uh, Gurgaon at that time, and this Prabhupada disciple, Arundhati Mataji, she was uh, actually singing in the Krishna Balaram temple uh, before, you know, when she was there from 75 to 79, she was leading daily kirtan in the, in the Krishna Balaram temple. 
So she called me and she asked me, oh, Sandesh, would you play the Madanga, please? Because, you know, we need the Madanga player. And I said, oh, Mataji, I'm so sorry. I'm in Gurgaon right now. I don't know why Krishna is doing that. Uh, there's a reason for everything, you know. So um, Krishna didn't want more. Maybe I never didn't want me to be there. I don't know. Uh, but I feel... I mean, of course, the ladies have their kirtan in, in the Prabhupada Samadhi. But the thing is, like, they're, uh, they're not allowed to use the microphone. And I also did kirtan there for one year, almost every day. And it's really tough because we don't have a microphone there. And there's a lot of noise from the uh, pilgrims and from the traffic. And, you know, and there's a kind of an echo in the samadhi also. So when the people yell, you know, there's so much noise. So it's really hard to actually have a nice Harinam Sankitan there because we, we didn't, we're not allowed uh, to use a microphone. So it's frustrating, you know. It's frustrating that we cannot have a nice kirtan because actually it's so wonderful that in Vrindavan you can just sit in one spot and the people are coming and you can do preaching and bhajan at the same time. It's like... Um, you mean sitting some, anywhere in the temple or compound? Yeah, or even on the Prikram mark. It's just okay. wonderful that uh, in Vrindavan you can uh, unite the principle of being a Goshtyanandi and a Bhajananandi. You can chant, you can do your bhajan, but at the same time you're preaching because there's so, so many people coming to the dham and you're chanting in Vrindavan. So it's like uniting the principle of Goshtyanandi and Bhajanandi. So same thing for the Prabhupada Samadhi Kirtan also. It's a wonderful uh, way to preach. But if you're not allowed to use the microphone, people, they're like, huh, what you're singing? What, what, what you're singing? You know, people don't understand the mantra. And that's a pity, you know. People should know what we're singing. People should understand that we're singing the moment and there should be a lead and a response, you know. Yeah. But if you're not allowed to use the microphone, and that's really a problem. I'm... You know, okay, it's all right if every now and again um, Matajis are doing kirtan in, inside the Krishna Balaram temple. I, I don't have anything against that. But more, it would be nicer if the Samadhi kirtan would be in such a way that all the ladies, also those who are doing a lot of kirtan in the West, they feel attracted to do kirtan there. Because now, the way it is there right now, there's just a couple of Russian or whoever Matajis. Uh, they're doing kirtan, and uh, we're not allowed to use the microphone, and it's just like, it's dull, you know? I remember uh, one devotee singing in the samadhi, <clears throat> some Indra tunes, and he had a very strong voice, and probably it was not so loud at that time. Mm. And he, he very much reminded me of Indra Prabhu, because he had also bells on his foot, oh, okay, and he okay. was playing like the rhythm himself, and wow. singing, wow, yeah. and... It was very intense, and people got attracted immediately. Yeah. Sat down and sat yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah. But what time is the the Mataji Kirtan in the Samadhi? Is it only at certain times? Yeah, it's every day from ten o'clock to twelve, twelve thirty actually. After okay. uh, once a day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and all the ladies really they're welcome. But what's happening most of the time that those who are doing kirtan in a big style in the West, they don't feel attracted towards the kirtan because they don't have the uh, facilities, you know, they don't have the microphone. And of course, you can sing loud, you can project your voice. But for how long can you project? If you project for one year, you're killing your voice. Actually, mm -hmm. you know, you're killing your voice. Yeah, there's no harm in having a microphone yeah. that is not too loud. But yeah, I think audio systems in Vrindavan are 
a difficult thing, difficult topic because also yeah. in the temple room, the the whole audio system, it's it could be so much better. And yeah. uh, there are plans to to make this actually better. Mm. And uh, well, my my personal opinion on this is that um, in Mayapur, the the Matajis are also singing. Yeah. Kirtan just as the Prabhu, so why shouldn't it be the same in Vrindavan? Yeah. I mean, Aina Prabhu said that Vrindavan is a place for brahmacharis and sannyasis and they should ha- give, should be given all the facilities to actually do their bhajan peacefully. But, you know, I mean, if the ladies sing for two hours a week, let's say. So within these two hours, you could just put in your earplugs or you just go to <laughs> Radhakund or you, for that day. No, like you just try to avoid hearing yeah. the ladies. I mean, you know. If you have a problem with hearing ladies' voices, then you just uh, try to find another solution. You go and burn down Prikram. It takes two hours. So when you start, by the time you start, and by the time you come back, the kirtan is over. So, you know, if that's a problem. And maybe also for the brahmacharis or, let's say, celibate people who are uh, managing the 25 kirtan, like talking to the ladies and... Maybe it's a little bit of a problem, but it's manageable because it's a service. After all, we have to see it is a service, yeah. right? It's Gopal, a service. Gopal Prabhu, he's a Grihasta and his successor, Anubhata, also is a Grihasta, so mm. it shouldn't be a problem for them to organize it. Yeah. Or even brahmacharis, I mean, like, uh, if it's about service, Prabhupada is saying, if it's about service, brahmacharis and Matajis can talk together because it's about service, right? It's not about fun. Uh, or enjoyment. Sure. It's about service. So they can talk and arrange something. But I, I, I heard it was quite nice. I mean, uh, the kirtan, so the ladies' you, kirtan. So you haven't been there for the kirtan during no. the festival? Pardon me? During the festival. Uh, yeah, I, I came back on the last day. Ah, the last yeah, day. Yeah, on the last day okay. I came back. Yes, yes. Okay. Was there a difference between, I mean, you, you already spoke about the, the absolute absorption of Indra Prabhu's kirtan, how, how deeply he was absorbed. Um, he left us in 2010. So did you realize any difference towards 2010? Was there more intensity in the kirtans? Was there something different? Was the mood becoming different or was it how would you describe that well you know there was uh, there was a time uh, just right after Srila Prabhupada's disappearance day in 2009 where Aina Prabhu got very sad and we could also sense that we could feel that because um, he read a portion of uh, his upcoming book during the disappearance day and so many um, Prabhupada, so many of his god sisters and god brothers got uh, hurt or offended by his speech. So after that they told him that he cannot publish his book and that if he publishes his book then he has to leave his service, like his service to Radishyam and also the 24-hour kirtan. So we could sense that that was really like a big mark in his life because he was working on this book like for 10 years and he really had a lot to share you know and 
His desire was always to stay in Iskhan and uh, to actually uplift the whole movement just by uh, stressing Harinam Sankitan and make, uh, you know, by Shudanam Harinam, Premanam, you know, like focusing more on Harinam Sankitan. And, and so we could sense that he got really, really hurt and, and sad and also like. Mm, he told me on that uh, night after Prabhupada's uh, disappearance day speech, he told me, I'm, I'm just taking shelter for Radharani. I'm just taking shelter for Radharani. So, we, I mean, I, from my perspective, I could sense that, that in his kirtans, it was, it was, um, it was an object of meditation. You know, what's going to happen in my life? How will I um, actually bring uh, my realizations to this movement? How can I share my knowledge with other people? Uh, he was, it was, it was a constant meditation, I think, also during his kirtans. He was really taking shelter of Radharani about this matter, about this matter, yeah, I feel. So have you been with him all of 2010 until July? Uh, no, actually uh, what happened, I came in 2009 and then after Purushota month in 2010, I left. And Ainabrabu was extremely upset about it, but I told him, look, Ainabrabu... In, in, in June then? May. May. May 2010, just right after Prashottam month. Mm -hmm. We had a very ecstatic Prashottam month. It was so ecstatic, it was wonderful. We had like some house programs and and even Prabhu in Prashottam month, he came to my house one time. Uh, he came to see uh, my altar and everything and I felt extremely honored and I just felt like, you know, I felt so, so much close to him and I felt like our, our connection has reached its peak, you know, like it was so, so wonderful, so amazing, so close and very personal and, and um, yeah, Purushottam month was very intense, also a lot of chanting, a lot of programs and then um, I told him, look, Prabhu, I'm going back to the West because I want to work, I want to save money and I'll be back for Kartik. And uh, he was very upset. He was like, for, for I think for one evening, he was talking to me like, well, why are you leaving, you know? Don't you have faith that Srimati Radharani will maintain you? This is Vrindavan Dam, this is Chintamani Dam. Don't be afraid, you know, I'm here since so many years. Nothing's happening to me. Radharani is maintaining me. You just have to have faith, you know, don't leave. You just stay, you know? So he was uh, really, really, really almost brainwashing me that, you know, don't go back, don't go back, just stay, stay, stay. And, but I had my different plans, you know, so I thought, let me go back to the West and I'll be back for Kartik and with some money in my pocket also. And uh, it was really interesting because that night uh, when I saw him for the last time, I was, it was in the evening I left, so I was sitting in the kirtan with him for the last time. And then uh, I went to him after the kirtan and there was a huge pile of, you know, 10 rupee notes on his harmonium because a lot of people, they, you know, Indian pilgrims, they just donated some money. So he took all the money <laughs> and he put it in my hand and he said, go to Radish Yam and please put all the money into the nation box. And I, I know why he asked me because it was a huge rush. It was Chandan Yatra time at that time. 
huge rush and with his harmonium he wouldn't have managed to reach the altar you know so um, he he was um, actually standing then uh, in front of Radishyam and was watching me how I was like you know fighting my way through the crowd and like with my left hand I reached the donation box and I put the money in there and then I looked back at him and he smiled at me you know it was really, really that was the last time I saw him actually and um, that time he gave me the the, the dakshin for Radishyam. He also told me, like, why are you leaving? And he was very upset. Why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? You know? And I just told him, I'll be back, you know, and I'm doing some nice work at the hospital. It's good karma, you know? And he was like, what? You know, what are you saying? And, and I want to see you back in better consciousness. And he was also telling me, at least 32 rounds you have to chant every day. I mean, that was the, the last, actually, the last uh, amount of rounds we agreed on, you know, both of us. So... He was really, he didn't want to let me go. And then it was interesting. Um, I left Vrindavan that night and um, I took his picture with me. And actually the glass of that picture broke. Wow. It was very, I, I, when I, when I uh, looked at the picture, like uh, at the airport, the picture was broken. And then I, I thought, whoa, something is very strange. I think he's very upset that I'm leaving. But then when he left the body in July, I understood that, you know, something really broke. Something really, really broke. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I got, uh, when he left the body on the, I mean, on 17th of July, when they found him, immediately, like, I got the phone calls. And at that time, I was staying at the temple, so... I was in my nightdress, I ran into the Mangalarti and I, I told everyone, you know, Aina Prabhu has left his body. I immediately have to go to Vrindavan. This was in Zurich. It was in Zurich in Temple, yeah. So uh, they were just doing the Tulsi Puja and I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, you know, hold myself because I was totally so very disturbed, you know. So I just, uh, I told everyone in the Mangalarti that this happened and that I immediately have to go to Vrindavan and please someone help me and then Krishna Paramarupa he was so kind and uh, he immediately booked a ticket for me so two hours later I was at the airport wow <laughs> yeah and I but I don't remember because I was I just remember I was crying there were just tears streaming 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 I I don't remember how I got to Vrindavan because of the immense pain I was feeling, I, I forgot everything on the way. I don't know, uh, have I eaten something? Have I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Or who talked to me? Who sit, sat next to me? Where did I sit in the plane? What have, I, I have no memories. I have no memories. I just remember how I reached Vrindavan, and it was a rainy day, and how I met one of my very, very close friends um, on the breaker mark, and we were both hugging each other, and we fell to the ground, and just crying. It was, it was such a pain. I mean, I cannot even recall that pain right now because it was very. It's unbelievable. I, I have never felt such a pain in my life. Yeah. Because when, so a, when, a, when a pure devotee leaves, you know, it's just nothing, nothing compares to that. That's the greatest pain. And, and so many people were actually crying. I mean, 
maybe before Ayana Prabhu was famous as a kirtaniya and you know everyone knew okay he's staying in Vrindavan he's doing kirtan but actually the, the extent of the love people had for him only came out after his departure how much appreciation and gratitude people had for him you know that came out after his departure in the way of tears and offerings and you know homages and so many you know so many ways people express themselves mm. so yeah like one devotee was saying that he was like oxygen you know we were taking him for granted every day you breathe you breathe you know you don't even know that you're breathing but once the oxygen is gone then you realize actually you know I cannot breathe anymore there's no life anymore And so you, you have been back in Vrindavan on the 18th of July? Yeah, 18th, I reached 18th, uh, no, 17th night time. Some, yeah, no, 18th morning, yeah, 18th morning, I would say. And then and I... Saw all the ceremonies? And, and no, ceremony was over. I mean, they had burned there. his body the night before, the same day. Oh. I was hoping that he would be somewhere, you know, devotees chanting, but no, it was, they, they burned him, I mean, his body on the same day. And I just went to his room on the 18th and uh, we started cleaning up the room and, you know, it was actually the first time I was in his room at that time. And it was funny because I imagined the room to be totally different from the pictures I saw. Mm -hmm. And then when I actually entered, um, but it was also a very big mess, you know, the room was in a huge mess. But funny enough, you know, like there was paper on the desk. Paper wasn't burned, and even sabchi, we found the sabchi which he uh, got the night before mm -hmm. for cooking. We found that sabchi, you know, and sabchi was not hurt, you know. The sabchi was there, the paper was there, only he was gone. Only he was gone, and then we took that sabchi and we prepared something for the deities. But of course, all the shalagram, the deities, they were all black, and they, they had to be clean, and all the dresses had to be replaced. Mm -hmm. and, It's just a very huge mess in that room, huge mess. So why do you think he he got he, he went so early? He was uh, 50... 57. 57 years old? Yeah. So is it... He was supposed to live longer according to his Jyotish, uh, according to his astrological chart. But I think, I mean, this is just my personal opinion, I, and I'm not a political person at all, and I'm really not into that. My personal opinion is that he left because uh, Radharani took him from here because uh, there were too many devotees who didn't understand his moon, and they didn't understand um, his contribution. Uh, they didn't understand his nature and what he wanted to share, actually. And there were really, really people who made his life very difficult by putting obstacles into his path, uh, you know, by not letting him publish his book, by not letting him just contributing in an individual way to this movement. Mm. So... I feel that Radharani saw that people, some people around him are just not qualified and they are offending him and he's really suffering, this devotee is suffering. So Radharani just 
took him from this world because she didn't want him to suffer here. And, and so finally the book was yeah, published. Yeah, the book got published, but he was not here. Uh, so no one could actually commit any further offenses towards him. And it's like, it's a custom that you don't talk about people who passed away in a bad way. So, you know, had he been here this time, I mean, it would have been a big clash and he, most probably he would have left uh, the institution as such. He would have established his own institution, which would have also been nice. I, I think like it would have been nice. I was always hoping for that day, you know, um, that he would establish his own little project. I think it would have been gorgeous. But uh, Radharani had different plans for him. And I, it's, very, it's very amazing how he left. And, and I don't think he was suffering too much. I think it was a very instant thing. And, and I just feel like we were just not qualified to have more of his association. Because he, he's a very, very amazing personality. So pure and, you know, I mean, he was down to earth. And one side of him was very much down to earth and he was artistic and, you know, like very, or, he was very good in organizing things. And, but they, and one side of him was extremely transcendental, extremely transcendental. So I think like we just didn't have enough Adhikar to get more of his association. And also his absorption was so, such that, you know, Krishna had to take him back, you know, because he, he was already so pure and so uh, he had so much desire to go back to God. Eh? You know, it, there was one very famous kirtan in Varshana and in the Premadvani he's saying, uh, uh, back to Godhead, Gi chai, yeah. as soon as possible, Gi chai, the sooner the better, Gi chai. Yeah. So it was like, uh, he, was, he was actually ready. He was ready, but then I think at the same time he was, um, he was still amazed that, oh, oh, okay, now the moment is coming. Okay, Jeno. I think he was surprised that it came so quick, but at the same time he was ready. He was ready. So when he was gone, there were all those manuscripts, manuscripts of the book mm. that had to be published. So yeah. who, who did that? Who? It was mainly Radha Madhava. Uh, he's a disciple of Manidhi Maharaj. Mm -hmm. Now he's living in Marshana with um, Ramesh Baba. There wasn't any fight over the manuscripts or anything? No, because it was, I mean, the printing was already at the point uh, where it just had to be, you know, at the final stage, it just had to be published. Mm -hmm. So all the adjustment, all the detail, all the so financial part, everything. So it was going to be published anyhow. Anyway. Anyhow, anyhow, and he even the he um, he just made that email account, Ainuprabhu, Voice of Raj at Gmail .com. He just established that uh, uh, email ID just so that people can order the book. Mm -hmm. So he really, really wanted to publish it, you know. He, he, was, he was into that mood, like, I have to publish it anyhow. So everything was already at its final stage. Mm -hmm. So we just had to complete what he initiated, right? If one wants to buy the book, where can it be bought? Um, now in Loi Bazaar, in Rasbihari Lal. Some copies are available. 
and I believe Radha Madhav still has some more copies but uh, I'm not quite sure I mean I also had a lot of copies but they're all gone so the first edition was 2,000 books so I think um, I don't know how many books are left from that edition there was a discussion that the second edition should be published but uh, I don't know when this is going to happen there's no e-book or uh, there is some kind of an e-version but that's not the final version Okay. Some e-version is uh, circulating, but it was never supposed to be published. Ayana Prabhu was actually very upset when he got to know that a couple of people have the, uh, you know, e-copy of that book. You know, and he was very. So he preferred the printed. Yeah, because he put a lot of effort into the design and and the painting and the layout and everything it was very important to him. So even the cover with the, the holograph of yeah. Radha Krishna and. Gornitai, yeah. that's all his doing. Uh, no, there was one Mataji. Uh, she uh, painted that picture, but under his guidance. Oh, yeah, particularly under, for the book. Yeah, particularly for the book. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it, she was, she was, um, you know, like painting a little bit, and then she would meet him, and you know, he would give her instructions how to go on and what to change and how to do that under her, under his guidance. She was painting that. And where are the paintings now? Uh, actually, Radha Madhav, he uh, he got them, he purchased them, oh. and because you know the idea is that down the line, I don't know, it's a very controversial topic, but Ainda Prabhu he wanted to have his samadhi somewhere nearby the temple, but not on Iskong ground. So because uh, the Gurukul building will be pulled down sooner or later because it's built with such steel that you know like 10, 15 years down the line, uh, this building is not safe anymore. Mm-hmm. So Aina Prabhu knew that, and he also said it, like uh, there is a recording uh, where devotees are asking him, you know, what should we do after your departure? And uh, it was one of the topics, like, where you, where your samadhi actually should be? And then he said, like, oh, I, I don't think it can be my room because, you know, this building will be pulled down, so... We won't be able to uh, actually make my samadhi there. And then he's saying, but also uh, Goshala, I don't like the Goshala too much because it's so far away and, you know, it's not really my place. So he's saying in that recording that he wants a place somewhere nearby the Iskhan temple. And that's still the idea that, you know, uh, some years down the line, a, a property should be purchased and uh, some samadhi should be his samadhi actually should be built there and we were thinking also to put his pictures there like once the samadhi is you know established and shifted because okay now it's in his room uh, because it's very inspiring for uh, especially for the 24 hour kirtan members uh, because they those think those pictures she painted are in his room or no 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 that his samadhi is there. His in, samadhi is he's there, there in his room. The pictures are with Radha Madhav. Okay. Uh, but it's not that a samadhi cannot be shifted. A samadhi can be shifted, you know. Especially no, it has, in, to, it, it has to be shifted <laughs> because if the building will be pulled down, it has, yes, to, be, it has to be. And you know, actually, samadhis are not supposed to be on the second floor of a building. A samadhi is supposed to be on the ground in the dust of Braj. So it's very essential that, you know, this samadhi is coming down to 
to the dust of brooch and, and somewhere in a safe place and somewhere also where ladies actually can visit because there's no samadhi in the whole Vaishnav history I know uh, which is only accessible for souls in a male body. It's a very awkward setting, I mean, especially for those um, female followers of Vaina Prabhu that not even on his appearance day or disappearance day, they are allowed to offer one single flower or offer their obeisances in the Samadhi Mandir. It's a very strange, uh, a very strange setting. So we are really hoping that uh, down the line, a Samadhi Mandir can be established, which is accessible for everyone. Everyone can do service and participate. I know it's a very um, controversial topic, but I think if everyone is working together and just using their heart and, uh, you know, their devotional um, um, attitude, I think a solution can be found. I hope so. I really hope so, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, your service at the moment. You, you live in Vrindavan. And um, we actually went together to the Bhaktivedanta Hospice one day. So yes. maybe you can talk a little bit about your service at the Bhaktivedanta Hospice. Why don't you say something? <laughs> well, How did you feel on that day? Very good. It was very intense. Well, first you describe what, okay. what you do there and I, okay. I, I can maybe add my yeah, yeah. experience. Okay, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going there for one day a week and um, I'm actually singing for the devotees who are leaving their bodies or who are very sick at the uh, Bhaktivedanta hospice or hospital. So um, I started doing that service because Aina Prabhu was also singing for devotees who left their bodies, who, who were leaving their bodies and it's extremely helpful because the sense of hearing is the last sense which stays intact even if all the senses are like, you know, like not working properly, like you cannot see, you cannot breathe, you cannot, you know, taste properly, but the sense of hearing is the last sense which uh, leaves its functionality. So chanting and for departing souls is extremely important because it helps them to focus on Krishna via the ear, via the holy name. So I thought, let me let me do something in this direction, and also because I'm I'm a kind of a nurse, social worker in my country, Switzerland, and I'm working at the hospital, so I have hospital experience, and um, I'm used to dealing with patients and dealing with people with all kind of kinds of diseases. So I thought, uh, yeah, let me do kirtan for the devotees, and I just feel it's a very very rewarding service. Although it's intense to see people suffering and, um, you know, it's very, very tough to uh, leave your body and or, or to have a sick body. Uh, but at the same time, they're so happy and they're very grateful that someone is coming to them and singing for them, cheering them up and helping them to focus on Krishna. So... Uh, I'm, I'm extremely pleased and I, I feel I'm also doing it for my own purification because seeing those people and seeing how life is actually very short and can end at any time with any kind of weird disease like cancer. Most of the people in the hospice, they have cancer, all kind of weird cancers like lung cancer, kidney cancer, mouth cancer. And, you know, anyone can get cancer. 
Don't think that you cannot get cancer. Anyone can get cancer at any stage of their life. So seeing that, I also feel like um, getting more serious myself. Getting more serious in my budget and see how time is limited and how we should actually utilize the time properly. Yeah, that's really fantastic service you're doing there. And uh, it was a... An intense experience to be there with you and do kirtan, and uh, we went to that room where two ladies were, one from Scandinavia who was uh, tired, just lying there, and the other Indian lady, she was so fired up, <laughs> it was really amazing. Yeah. She was sitting in her bed and she was, when uh, Sandesh came in, she was uh, taking her hands and kissing her hands <laughs> and really like she was making a, a, a joy dance on her bed. <laughs> on her bed, yeah. With her hands. <laughs> <laughs> and we started to do kirtan. Uh, we were sitting on the bench just on the window. We were able to look down on the parikram mark because the hospital is directly at the parikram mark. And then we did kirtan, and uh, she sang with us. And on, in front of her bed, there was a picture of Radha Shyam Sundar, Krishna Balaram Mandir. And she was always pointing with her hand to Radharani on the picture mm. when we were singing. And then she was pointing to us, and yeah, like <laughs> she was dancing. On her bed, on face, yeah. sitting on her bed, yeah, 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 yeah. and she was so grateful. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. And even the Pritchpasis, you know, like they are. Very, I mean, sometimes they are not so familiar with the Hare Krishna mantra. So then I'm singing other mantras like uh, Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya, mm. or something which they actually no or some or I let them sing you know mm-hmm. and I can I can see you know sometimes um, the, the consciousness is really uh, changing in a room like let's say one patient is like leaving uh, her or his body and then everyone is standing around their bed and lamenting and holding their hands and just crying and you know everyone is depressed but then actually when you do kirtan you you feel like it, it's becoming joyful the, the moment of death is not a moment of uh, lamentation. Yeah. It becomes, good cry, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not good. How can they live peacefully? Everyone is crying around their bed, you know. So if you do, if you do kirtan, it's there's a whole shift of consciousness, and and the sad moment becomes actually a, a beautiful moment. So nice. <clears throat> okay, I have one last question for you. Sure. Then we can uh, wrap it up. So, um, what are your plans for the next 12 months and then for the next four to eight years? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Prabhupada is saying that we should have a plan for life. I mean, that's for sure. So we shouldn't just, you know... I have a um, concrete plan... Um, I'll be here in Vindavan Dam until the end of uh, November 2015, this year. 
and uh, also Purushottam month is coming up in June, June, July. So I'm very fond of Purushottam month, and I think it's an extremely important month. Even 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 if we don't do much in other months, you know, in this month, if we if we do a full on rata, we can actually make up for so many things. <laughs> so um, I, I um, I'm here mainly for Purushottam month, and that's my plan, like to really uh, absorb myself in Purushottam month with kirtan and chanting and hearing and maybe... I don't know how many parikrams will be possible in this month because it's just going to be extremely hot to in July. But, yeah. And then uh, Kartik also is there in uh, October, November. And after November, I will go back to Switzerland. Uh, there is also a big change in my life because... Uh, my plan is actually I want to retire as soon as possible. But <laughs> before you can retire, uh, some money is possible, uh, is, is, is necessary. So uh, then actually retirement is possible. So uh, my plan is to go back to Switzerland at least for two, three years until next Purshottam month, 2018, and really work and save up some money. Um, I hope that at some stage of my life I'll be able to shift to Vrindavan, hopefully. So these are my plans for the coming next years, like four to eight years. I mean, work, save, uh, come to Vrindavan, settle down. Yeah, because life is very short and, you know, like really, I mean, seriously, anything can happen at any moment. Because, you know, in Switzerland, I'm also working uh, at the uh, um, accident department sometimes, you know, and I see the weirdest kinds of accidents. And, you know, these people, when they got up in the morning, they didn't know that this, this is going to happen to them today. So anything can happen at any time. And we have to be very conscious of that, that uh, our time is very limited. So we should really, really make a plan for our life. Um, to come to Vrindavan, take shelter of Krishna and Harinam, and just spend uh, our life like that. Because we got so much mercy from Srila Prabhupada and from our Guru Parampara and, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Krishna himself, Radharani, you know, that uh, we should grab that mercy, you know. If we don't grab it, we're really foolish. So that's my plan. Like, on a long-term basis, I want to shift to Vrindavan. So let's hope by the mercy of the devotees and Srimati Radhika, I hope it will be possible. Hare Rama, Hare Rama.
Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare 
it for this episode of the 24-hour kirtan podcast if you like our podcast or have suggestions how to improve it please leave a comment to this episode in our blog or on soundcloud you can also help us to spread this podcast by writing a review on itunes thank you so much for your kind attention i'll see you next time stay tuned